Hello everyone and welcome to the Goodwill Medita Meditation Group webinar for Wednesday the 27th of October. Wherever you are, whatever time zone you're in, welcome. Today I will be joined by Michael Galloway of New York and Mince van der Velde of Geneva. We will be reflecting on the regenerative power of imagination. And we'll also be sharing a brief preview of the upcoming Wargawil seminar in each of the three centres, which is taking place on Saturday the 6th of November, to which all of you are warmly invited. As many of you, of you will know, <clears throat> the Goodwill Meditation Group is a global group of people who link up every Wednesday at noon to meditate on goodwill, with the objective of stimulating and strengthening the goodwill expressed by humanity as a whole. And this webinar meets on the last Wednesday of each month <clears throat> to provide an online space for individuals to gather and work together using the Goodwill Meditation and to discuss the work of World Goodwill. Goodwill has been defined as love in action and it exists in all human relationships that resonate to a note of loving intention is both positive and dynamic, and it can be consciously used for the betterment of humanity and the world. Goodwill is in essence the name we give to the potent energy of divine will as it expresses itself through human relationship. This powerful energy overcomes all separating forces and has the potential to transform all aspects of our societies and the world itself. Goodwill redeems, it unifies, and it reveals the essential goodness underlying all outer forms. The existence of goodwill is evidence of the link between humanity, the spiritual hierarchy, and divinity itself. Before we go further, let's pause for a brief moment of reflection. And then we will say together the mantra of the new group of world servers, identifying this group and the wider group of all who are particip participating in this meditation with the new group by using the plural we in the final line.
May the power of the one life pour through the group of all true servers. May the love of the one soul characterize the lives of all who seek to aid the Great Ones. May we fulfill our part in the one work through self-forgetfulness, harmlessness and right speech. Today our theme is the regenerative power of the imagination and we are looking forward to the upcoming World Goodwill Seminar on Imagination and Social Regeneration. The imagination may sometimes be thought of as the preserve of artists and creatives, however this is probably too narrow a picture, for imagination is also an essential component of science, education, politics, indeed every important human field. Of course, it can be applied narrowly for the benefit of the individual, but the esotericist recognises its sovereign virtue as the instrument for receiving higher impressions from the intuition. These higher impressions, these visions of the plan, can inspire servers to work in group formation at regenerating right relationships of all kinds. The creation and maintenance of relationships is a dynamic process and the conditioning pro patterns of relationship which go to make up a healthy community are complex examples of this. Humanity has been experimenting with this work for thousands of years within the historical record and many more thousands before then. According to The Dawn of Everything by David Graybar and David Wengrow, Recent archaeological evidence suggests we may have seriously underestimated the diversity and complexity of such prehistoric societies.
The detailed material conditions for these societies, for example, a much lower population density, may no longer exist. Yet can we reimagine regenerated forms vitalized by the universal conditioning energies of light, love and the will to good? Maybe we have become stuck in a narrow imaginative rut, thinking that the structures of our current societies need only small tweaks, when what is really required is a more profound transformation, which revisits previous forms, this time elevated onto a higher turn of the evolutionary spiral. As one example of this, capitalism seems to be a rather imperfect tool for devising ways of sharing collective resources. Can we learn from past historical or prehistorical examples of ways to do this more effectively? The geopolitics of pandemics and climate change would seem to require this. In our meditation today, we focus on imbuing our relations at all levels with the power of goodwill, which magnetizes such imaginative visions. So now we're going to move into our meditation, which will be appearing on the screen. And as we do so, we recall that we are sharing this effort with thousands of people around the world who are meditating on goodwill. And we are doing this as souls, with telepathic rapport with all souls. And this is not in our meditation, it's not a passive, reflective form of devotion, but it's a positive, creative use of the mind, actively linking inner and outer worlds. So we link up in thought with all those people throughout the world working with this Goodwill Meditation Group.
Now we reflect upon the universal fact of relationship. You're related to your family, wherever they may be in the world. You're related to your community in which you live. You're related to your nation and the national consciousness. You're related to the world of nations. And all the relationship, these relationships are encompassed within the one humanity. And we use the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. 
I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Reflect upon your own and humanity's relationship with all the beings who dwell in the higher realms of mind and heart. Honoured by all the world's religions and spiritual groups, they are known as saints, rishis, bodhisattvas and masters.
Imagine that you are standing together within the center of this spiritual hierarchy, immersed in the consciousness of the heart of love. For some, this heart of love is known as the Christ, and other faiths have other names for the one at the center, such as Maitreya, the Imam Mahdi, and the Kalki Avatar. Maintaining that high point of immersive contact, that your thoughts reach out to include all members of the human family in whom the energy of goodwill is active. Silently use the affirmation. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the Divine Self 
be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the energy of love flowing from the hierarchy through all people of goodwill and into the hearts and minds of the whole human family, infusing them with goodwill and creating loving and harmonious human relationships. Meditate on ways of spreading goodwill, creating right human relationships, and restoring peace on earth.
Realize you are helping to build a channel between the spiritual hierarchy and humanity, through which the energy of goodwill may flow, uniting humanity, solving its problems, and healing all differences and cleavages. Linked in thought with people of goodwill all over the world, we say together the great invocation with deliberation and full commitment to its meaning, knowing that we are radiating its potent energies to humanity. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore 
the plan on earth. Okay, and it's now it's time to hear from Michael. Hi, Dominic. Thank you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep, definitely. Okay, great. Thank you for that introduction and for the meditation, Dominic. So today I'd like to speak a little bit on the theme of the imagination. What it is, its role in the creative process, and also its importance to the regeneration of human living and consciousness which is today so rapidly going forward. <clears throat> As Dominic mentioned, the World Goodwill Seminar, which occurs next Saturday, November 6th, will be on the theme of imagination and social rege regeneration. And so if you believe this theme is an important one and one that you want to discuss and examine in more depth, then we invite you to register for the event at www worldgoodwill.org backslash seminar underscore 2021. Um, today, we will also have a period of discussion after this brief presentation. So we invite you to jot down any comments or questions that might come into your mind, and we should have time to get to those. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines the imagination as, quote, the act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. This definition highlights several things. One is that the imagination works within and from the realm of mind. Two, that it builds a prototype of something which is not yet in manifested existence. And three, that the imagination is the preeminent creative faculty for the human being. It is an act or power of forming. And this is different from the common perception of creative work as limited mostly to the physical plane and to the brain consciousness. The act of imagining alone is a creative act because that which it produces does exist, even if on 
subtler levels. Though we can confidently say that the imagination works from the level of the mind, it is not exclusive to that realm. The imagination is an inherently bridging faculty. It connects the mind to the desired nature and links both of them to the brain. Rightly employed, the imagination bridges between some sensed ideal and its manifested reality. It perceives that which can and may be, and it forms into a clear image within the brain. It forms this image, and it also qualifies it with the color and the magnetism of desire in any of its many grades. The imagination is referred to in the ageless wisdom teachings as key to the exteriorization of the veiled splendor. And this highlights its relationship to the intuition. Imagination always precedes the intuition and in many ways is its seed. While intuition is the direct grasp of truth, imagination is the ability to bring into one's mind and brain some combination of forms to express that truth. The employment of the imagination, when it is rightly directed, in time builds a bridge towards the soul, which holds the key to vision and the sight, which extends beyond all distortions of human thinking to the font of pure truth itself. Imagination, like any human faculty, can of course be employed towards a variety of ends. Rather than giving form to the latent spiritual nature of all things, that which is true, good, and beautiful, the imagination, when it is uncontrolled, it can perpetuate glamour, illusion, and all of that which is unreal, distorted, and strays from the truth. The right use of the imagination is dependent upon the intent of the one imagining. If one's consciousness is polarized in the soul, the self, the thinker, and the observer who knows itself as one with all souls, then that which one imagines will reflect that high state. If one's consciousness is dominated by the untamed lower nature, which does not distinguish between truth and glamour, and is therefore at the whim of any number of environing forces, then one's creative work will likewise err. Most of us, and probably all of us, find ourselves somewhere between these two ideal types. We probably therefore recognize that allowing the lower nature to have its way is the line of least resistance. Attaining to the consciousness of the soul requires the breaking of old habits. It requires assuming increasing degrees of responsibility, and it requires the wise 
and intelligent handling of crises. When the man or woman sets their feet upon the path, in almost every case, they encounter a great degree of resistance until such time as the rhythm of the soul has been imposed upon the vehicles of the personality. But when these two are brought into alignment, into perfect alignment, and when the personality has therefore been raised upwards, then all antagonism is resolved and a true point of spiritual tension or focus can be established. And this marks a new cycle of creative work. The imagination is itself a powerful tool in bringing about this repolarization of the lower nature. Through the right direction of one's thoughts and a constant effort to hold the mind steady in the light, that which one sees and visions becomes a reality. We are therefore encouraged to act as if we have already achieved whatever state of harmlessness, compassion, right relationship, etc., that we strive to embody. This, of course, is not to delude ourselves or to ignore our faults, but rather to direct the mind and consciousness entirely towards the desired ends, and in so doing, focusing all of one's energies towards bringing it about. The art of visualization is also employed in many meditation schools as a first step in the direction of energy. Though such practices may begin with creating shapes, objects, or scenes within one's mind's eye, eventually students are asked to visualize ideals and qualities. This effort links the whole process with the abstract mind and is the first steps to establishing a rapport between the imagination and the intuition. When this occurs, the true creative potency of the human being is unlocked and he or she can truly begin to create on earth things patterned as they are in the heavens. Imagination is a way of transforming consciousness both in an individual and a group sense. The creation of civilization and culture has always been, of course, a group endeavor but one rarely reflects upon the role of the group imagination in such a process. The production of culture, of course, occurs very gradually and over many generations by groups of people who often have diverging ideas about what is right and wrong, what is beautiful or offensive in their particular time and place. Today, the human being is, the average human being is more intelligent than ever before in human history. And therefore the diversity of human thought is also much more um, strong as well. Yet overshadowing all of this 
there are certain fundamental ideals and values which are emerging despite this diversity. Goodwill, right relationship, freedom, responsibility are just some of the ideals that are today increasingly clear within the group mind, in the group imagination of humanity. And we can see, despite these ideals being present, there are, of course, different opinions about how they should work out. This is just part of the process of human evolution in a group sense. And as this is being brought about, it's important for us, us men and women of goodwill, to recognize the part that we have to play in aiding this new civilization or this new culture to work out. The imagination is a way, can be a way to liberate humanity from the chains of the past and to project it forward into the future. And this faculty of the imagination is one which is available, readily available to all of us. To employ it, however, requires trained thinkers, requires those whose minds are awake and aligned with the soul and who are willing and able to uphold a vision of the future. <clears throat> to this intelligence must be added the will to project that which one imagines into outer manifestation, into one's environment, to one's profession, and into all of one's relationships. The will to serve must be active. And this service must be recognized as the natural result of soul contact, which occurs naturally when head and heart soul and personality are aligned. When human need is perceived and one is able to meet that need, a great joy emerges and fills all of one's being. As we know, joy is the special prerogative of the soul. And in time, surely this special quality will also condition our culture and civilization in a degree perhaps unimaginable to us today. Or perhaps it is imaginable, and that's the point. So that's all I have to say. And so I'd like to invite um, Dominic, you can turn your video back on if you'd like, and um, we can take some comments from our participants, comments, or even questions if you have them, maybe questions you'd like to pose to the group. Also, Mensa, if he wants to appear too, that would be good. Yes, of course, Mensa. That was lovely. Um, I, I just, one thing that just popped into my head it, it, it was the the notion that 
imagination is sanctified on behalf of the group, it becomes something that is for the group rather than for the individual. But it's also this transition to what is a group manifestation of that, a group manifestation of people imagining with a sanctified imagination. And I suppose you could say that that, that um, our meetings, our seminars, our attempts to do that, that there are places where we're attempting to produce this kind of, of subjective work. And they can be very potent and, and uh, as a result. Um, I see a comment from... Heather Stitt. Um, do you want to speak, Heather, or shall I read it out? I mean, you could, you could if you like. Um, we, we should say if you'd like to share audibly, you can just raise your hand by going yeah. to the reactions icon and clicking raise hand. Heather isn't available, so, so I'll to, to speak, so I'm going to share what she said. Um, the cycle of conferences has imagination in its core. Group imagination and thought form creation to effect change and evolution. That's very, very nicely put, very well expressed. And as it happens, of course, that's, that's kind of an advert because the cycle of conferences is, is currently running a focus on the upcoming Climate Change Conference in Glasgow, um, which starts on Sunday and runs till the 12th of November, November. So a beautiful way to use our imaginations creatively. I, I find it's actually pretty difficult to talk about the imagination because <clears throat> it's something that isn't it? Because <laughs> it's something that um you know we all we all kind of employ all the time if you think about it you know even if it's something as simple as yeah, how am I going to go about this everyday task you know you you know maybe we have some sort of habit the way we do it but also you just even if you think of some idea to do something more efficiently. It sort of it, it sort of exists in your mind in a way that's uh, you're sort of bridging between okay what do I need to do what do I need to do how can I do that and you put it all together until it's some sort of like complete uh, prototype and blueprint and then you act upon it and you know human beings do that all the time and we're just sort of I think unaware of it we think of imagination as limited to artists uh, creative artists and of course that's sort of outstanding example um, but. You know, it's really about cultivating the ability to do so consciously and to align with the soul and to really, therefore, like, reflect on um, what can be, not just uh, sort of to extend the limits of your imagination beyond what the normal, what seems like logical or what seems probable, um, 
to, you know, to really, really extend beyond what may be easily accessible to your, to your mind, what's right in front of you. It's like, okay, well, for instance, this uh, focus that the cycles of conferences is doing on the, what's it called? The COP26, I forget what that stands for. Conference, conference of the parties. <laughs> yeah, conference of the parties. Yeah, it's for the biodiversity or for the for the climate change. Anyway, just for example, you know, we could think, okay, well, what's the next step for that? And that's important to see. Okay, well, could we see that coming about? Well, yes, of course, it's the next step. It's what we're striving towards. But we can also extend our imagination much further and say, okay, well, when the climate issue is solved, what sort of world will it bring about? You know. And that there's a vision of that that um, isn't really clear, you know. Of course, it's what we strive to do, but what is that actually going to look like, you know? When we can express like that vision, what kind of society that would be, what kind of qualities of consciousness would accompany that? It just, I think, lights up everybody's mind. It creates a sort of magnetic center of uh, of attraction, and it just helps draw humanity. I think human thinking towards that, you know, it gives people hope and faith and, you know, the new group of world servers, which I'm sure those of you who have been on this webinar before have heard about, one of the main tasks um, given to this group is to uphold the vision before the eyes of humanity, the vision of the one life and the vision of the plan. And this is a really important function that the imagination can be implied, applied towards because um, that alone, like I said, it just, it just gives hope and it gives direction and direction is another name for the will. As we know, like given the crises humanity faces, I think one of the most important things is not just, you know, intelligence and having a plan, but also keeping up that hope and faith and also just having the will to, um, not just will to act, but also the will in terms of spiritual will, in terms of direction and right orientation towards values that are, um, Universal. We have, we have a hand up. Um, shall I? It's Eleni. Um, I'm going to ask her to mute. Eleni? Yes. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, I. Um, First, thank you so much for uh, for offering this for your introduction, Dominic and Michael. Everything you you offered, um, I I want to. There are like three points here that are staying with me very strongly. The one is um, the relationship of imagination to intuition. Um, there is a certain aliveness that is very present with me as I hear you speak of this um, and how imagination can be received as a bridge toward um, clear intuitive knowing as direct grasp of truth. So, I'm, I'm very interested in that. And I'm gonna go back and look at the transcript again and hear those points that, that you are making. 
the second piece I and I would love I, I imagine that um, November 6th there will be more on this um, so the, the next piece is um, I so appreciate you bringing in the other side of imagination um, uh, what you named that can perpetuate glamour and and being caught in that um, and so in some other language uh, some deaf psychological language. I mean, it would be really um, turning around and looking at the more shadow aspect of um, imagination and um, how that can be co-opted, so to speak, by, by um, unworked material in the complexes and such. But anyway, um, so, I feel so appreciative of this, of that you bring this up. Um, so that that consciousness can be refined, that consciousness um, can um, move toward greater distinction and discernment um, around this. In the third piece, I'm so, interested in in what you were uh you pointed out michael <clears throat> yet there i wrote it here and i'm hoping i wrote it down correctly and yet there are many opinions on how that can work out you know when in in terms of in relationship to group imagination and all the increasingly clear um sort of principles or values that are sort of shining within a group and yet there are opinions how they can work out. And this is part of the process. And so as I hear this, there's like a white and, and a widening, sort of like a widening holding that I am present with. Like the, the ability to, the growing ability within the group or a group or many groups to, to actually stay with perhaps perspectives. Um, for me, the, 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 the word perspectives is important. So that through the multiplicity, there is the possibility of um, finding the, the point that intuitively will bring the form into manifestation somehow. Um, that's that's my own forming right now in um, in language. So anyway, I appreciate all these uh, three pieces, and I thank you again so much. Thank you. I see Joshua has his hand up. Just ask him to unmute. Joshua? Can you hear me now? Yep. Uh, so on Facebook, there's a comment from somebody named M.N. Nick. He says, uh, throughout the history of thought, a good number of philosophers have high highlighted imagination as more important than reason for human development and progress. Now, that's an interesting thought. 
It is indeed. Yeah, I think uh, I didn't mention it, but I, I was when we were talking about science. I thought Einstein was a big promoter of imagination. He was, you know, his thought experiments lead, led to um, massive breakthroughs, and the same is true of a number of prominent um, quantum physicists. So yes, absolutely, absolutely, imagination is. A very important tool in every human field. Um, there's a few comments in the chat. Uh, VN says that Agni Yoga extols the virtue and necessity of the creative imagination, envisioning the future worlds as we move into the Aquarian age. Absolutely, these writings are very illuminating. Indeed they are. Um, some more messages. Oh, um, educating children on the use of the imagination. This is some Violet Philip. Sorry, I can't pronounce your last name, Philippowitz. Um, educating children on the use of the imagination will assist them in alignment to higher intuitive impressions. These intuitive ideas will contribute to bringing forward new ideas and understanding related to the plan. And that, that, that's the interesting point because, of course, we, we tend to think of children as being very imaginative. Uh, certainly, uh, sort of fairly early on you know, in their education, and it's I suppose it's really a way finding ways to not kill that out actually in some ways because uh, it can it can be um, although obviously the education of the mind becomes important um, as as one moves f through the educative process. Um, I think it's important to find ways to continue to nurture imagination, and, and maybe that's somewhere that education itself is, needs to reform a little. Um, Sam Jones says, could you sum up the plan? <laughs> Um, any takers on that one? <laughs> Maybe he just means the concept of the plan, not its content. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, hopefully. So how would you sum up then, Michael? <laughs> uh, well, when we refer to the, I mean, so that's the sort of, um, you know, we understand it in terms of the ageless wisdom, mm -hmm. the plan and, and, but it's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a, I would say it's a universal concept and it's common to a lot of religious traditions. You know, the idea that divinity is real and that there is a plan for humanity and that plan is being worked out through the medium of human thinking and human living and human relationships. Um, you could think of the plan, I think, as sort of the proto, sort of the, the prototype of whatever the next step is for humanity it's a reflection of the divine will. And that plan doesn't, it exists um, in a sort of high, sort of formless state of existence. 
but it's up to humanity to bring it down into the world of form. So the plan is something that exists and is real and is definite in a formless sense, but it's not something that is decided. It's not uh, the source of some sort of fatalistic type thing for humanity because it's up to humanity in terms of how certain fundamental spiritual ideas are going to work out in human living and human civilization. So the plan is more in terms of the energies which humanity is sort of destined to bring about, whereas human civilization is the expression of that plan. And that's the interesting thing, as you pointed out, that ideals, the ideals, ideas and ideals of the plan will be expressed differently by different individuals. So that that's what creates the wonderful diversity. So it's although it's there's one plan as it were, there's many manifest manifestations of it. Um, Mensa, do you have any thoughts, or do you want to? See anything at this point? Well, I just want to pick up um, one phrase of the talk of uh, Michael, who think, thought that it was not easy to talk about visualization, but I think he did very well. Very well. Um, you say imagination is a way of transforming consciousness in both an individual and the group sense. And that picks up with, uh, then, then I come back to the World Goodwill Seminar in Geneva where we will have a speaker which is Kosha Joubert and she will talk about collective trauma and social regeneration. This is a, a sp uh, specifically where you see that we, we can scale the imagination either to an individual or to a group or even to a collective and I think it's very interesting and I will just highlight a little bit what we are going to do in Geneva. We start at 10 o'clock European time so for those in the US you really have to get up early, that's five, five in the morning. But we do have two good speakers. One is, as I said, Kosha Joubert. She is from the Pocket Project, and they are specializing in um, collective trauma healing. Uh, she is a branch of uh, Thomas Hubel, who has a bigger organization which is specializing. It, it is a very timely topic. And uh, Kosha, she herself, she was supposed to speak last year, at our webinar, our seminar, World Goodwill Seminar, but then she had an accident just the day before, so she couldn't. And we hope that this time she will be there to give her talk and be really looking forward to it. She will speak in English, by the way. Our second speaker in Geneva will be Felix Toran. He will speak about creativity and individual vision for social regeneration. He, in contrast to Korsha, who is talking about collective, uh, Felix is more a specialist in uh, individual development through consciousness training, meditation, and things like that. He is a scientist. He is working at the space, European Space Agency. I will shorten my introduction on that. Just a final thing. Um, Korsha speaks English. Felix will speak in Spanish. But don't worry. All our talks, meditation, and discussion can be followed in seven languages. English, French, Spanish, Italian, German, Dutch, and Russian. And all language packs will be, will be available for download next to the, the real-time uh, translation and interpretation that will be there. There will be group discussions in your own language, 
So we are looking forward to seeing you next Saturday in Geneva for the early birds. But for those in Europe, we have the privilege that we can participate in three seminars, Fair Geneva and then London, which probably Dominic will now introduce, and then we can go <laughs> to New York. Dominic. Brilliant segue there. <laughs> well, well done. Um, well, um, in London, uh, just to say what, what we are going to be doing, um, that th th we have two parts, as it were. And the first part of the seminar will look at con contributions from Joseph Murphy and Richmond Musawoya. Um, they're both involved in local community initiatives, but they have a wider international dimension. Um, so they're quite practically grounded. Um, Joseph is the founder of two small grassroots organizations, the Good Grace Foundation, which supports education, housing, work, work and re rehabilitation through practical application of sustainable land projects. And he's also involved with GraceWorks, which is a permaculture project based in Leicester. So he'll be sharing his thoughts on Grace which is a beautiful concept, is a beautiful, very spiritual concept and how grace gets manifested in these very practical ways. So that's that'll be interesting. And Richmond is a student of the Ageless Wisdom who's actively serving humanity as an economic empowerment specialist in Malawi. Um, so amongst other things, Richmond has worked with improving trade linkages so connections, linkages, bridges between refugees and hosts locally and nationally. And he's linked locally made products to international markets and to benefit over 51,000 refugees and host communities. So there's some very practical, grounded stuff. And then in the second part, um, there'll be a dialogue with Daniel Christian Wall, the author of Designing regenerative cultures and we hope to explore in that dialogue the meaning of bioregional consciousness what does that mean and the role of the imagination in developing this and how that can connect to serve us within our communities and we may also consider if we have time why there's a growing shift away from the concept of sustainability to that of regeneration so practical projects and also a more kind of theoretical or subjective reflection on changing consciousness in London and on to New York. Michael. <laughs> so the, thanks Dominic. The, uh, the New York seminar will open with a few brief talks by World Goodwill, which will apply an ageless wisdom perspective to the theme, which again is imagination and social regeneration specifically um, a deeper understanding of the relationship between imagination and intuition and the role that they have to play in regenerating the, regenerating the world and um, bringing about that sort of spirit of companionship, which we all recognize is very important today. We'll also have a visualization related to the theme and we will, that will be followed by two speakers. Um, the first will be Leah Walker, who will speak about biography work. Biography work is a method of practical self-reflection and exploration, which is based on the work of Rudolf Steiner. And she is going to speak about this work, her experience with it, 
and then lead us through an exercise or two, which we will do in small groups, and to give all the participants a practical experience of the transformative nature of this work. We will also have May East speaking as well. Um, she will draw on her work from a variety of fields. Um, she has extensive experience in sustainability education and in urban, urban ecology. And given the theme, we especially look forward to hearing her speak about um, edge work, which in ecology is the place where two ecosystems meet, such as you have a mountainous region and sort of a, a plains region or a, a forest. And it's a place where these two ecosystems meet is, is the place of greatest diversity, growth, and regeneration. So we look forward to hearing her speak about that. Um, we will have simultaneous translation in Spanish and all talks will be given in English for the New York seminar. Well, all I can say is if you don't want to come to the seminar after those adverts, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> and, and, and actually, uh, Daniel Christian Wall, who I mentioned, he has quite a close connection uh, of, of working with May East in the past through the Global Eco Village Network. So there's quite a strong thread running through those two connect connected people. Um, I think we're probably probably it's time to round up, isn't it? Because um, it's, it's it's well well past there now. Um, but hopefully, you you have taken something from our meanderings on the topic of imagination, and also hopefully we will see you again next Saturday, 6th of November, where you'll hear all this exciting stuff and your imaginations will be further stimulated and now we can join in a group imaginative project. So shall we finish now with just a brief moment of silence? Thank you again and good day, good evening, farewell.